Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. Christ is God. And so God has created this order, not because of inequality, that somehow men are superior to women. In God's eyes, we are all equal. He made us equal. He equally loves us. But he created all of us separately different in order to fulfill the the roles that he has commanded. It is in no way a superiority thing. It is is that God is a a God who, who orders things, who has ordained things, and he has ordained that man be the head of his household. Oh, I know that's controversial today. The feminist movement has done a tremendous job in in, in, in putting a, 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 a trip on women, a, a trip on our sons and our daughters, on all of our society. In the 60s, they had three, uh, uh, they had three requests, the feminist movement, or commands. It was that they would have 24-hour child care, that they would have free college tuition, and that they would be able to have abortions on demand. Nobody wants women to be mistreated. Christianity is for the good treatment of everybody. But the feminist movement, who aren't led by the Spirit of God, and we know that Satan is a counterfeit, tries to throw everything that God orders in reverse. Right? So men are... So little boys today are being taught that if they want to be girls, they can. Have you seen those the old footage of Mr. Rogers? He was killing it. Mr. Rogers, you can Google him about, about saying, you know, you, you know, a little song he does. He says, if you're a little boy, you'll be a boy forever. And that's what you are. And that's what God made you. And the same for girls. And, and their, 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 their genders their, was, was to be affirmed and confirmed and uh, protected by parents. But Satan has done a great job. Let them choose whatever they want to, to be. It's the same thing like in the garden. Has God truly said, right? You know, and so people are, are choosing their way. The, fa- the family has been attacked and obliterated by Satan in our country. Mer- mer- marriage was attacked. Now two dudes can get married. Two women can get married. We are so backwards when it comes to the family. The courts have made it an incentive almost for women to divorce their husbands by giving them alimony. They can take the kids away from their fathers. The fathers will have to pay an exorbitant amount of money. There's incentives for families to be split up. If you stand for the principles in the Bible that a, that a, that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, and God created them equally, 
but with different roles. Boys are meant to be strong. They should be encouraged to be strong. They should be encouraged to peg each other with dodgeballs till the sun goes down. The family, if Satan can get the family, he can get the next generation. But if Satan's going to get the family, he's got to get the man. He's got it. That's why from the Simpsons to other television show, if not every other television show, they have made the father, the leader of the home, a buffoon, a pervert, worthless, lazy. That's what kids are being raised up. And little girls are saying, you know, you don't need a man. You can do it by yourself. We want to teach our daughters that they can be strong in the Lord and and have independence. But we also want to teach them about the beautiful union that God created for man and women to enjoy, which is marriage. And that they should seek uh, uh, one day to be married to a godly man. But the world is is, uh, messed up. We're told also in uh, 1 Corinthians, that angels look in on our worship services. Angels are watching. They come from the throne of God where everybody in heaven knows what time it is. They know that God's king and that there is an order of things in heaven and an order of things that should be on earth who tried to throw a wrench into God's order, who tried to elevate himself above our king, Lucifer, Satan. And he's trying to do the same here. So when you see this, this strong exhortation, command to the church that, you know, I don't permit women to teach uh, men or to uh, lead men in light of the way the world is, it should make more and more sense to us to have a man up here teaching men how to be godly men through the word of God. Now, there are cases out in the boondocks where missionaries go out and women end up teaching men. And, you know, I think of Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband was speared and was it Ecuador? And uh, killed. And so she was, she went out there to the tribe that killed her husband and they all got converted. And eventually she taught and raised up a man who she handed over the reins to, to be the pastor of, of the tribe because she honored this. But there's exceptions and there's things that happen, but optics matter. Optics matter because angels are watching and even the appearance of disobedience to God's word in my eyes is sin. And you don't want to see a woman up here doing what the Bible says they ought not to do. I have been blessed by women since the moment I got saved, since before I got saved. Do I learn from women all day and all night? I do. Not so, The Bible doesn't say that they can't instruct or teach me anything, it speaks of this thing in front of everyone, angels watching, there needs to be the man that God chooses to be here. 
But I have learned from my spiritual mama, Sue, who instructed me in scriptures, who taught me, who edified me, who took me to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and said, son, look at these, look at what God can do in a faithful man. If you're faithful to the Lord, God can do these things. She ministered me to the day she went to be home, go home with the Lord. I've learned from the women of, of every church I've been at, and I continue to learn from the women at our church, the women who pray for us here, uh, just like the women in Philippi who, who, who met for prayer. The power behind every church has to do with the godly women that God has placed there and the godly men. But the women do so much, and there's so much that they do. They, they do so much here in teaching the kids, in teaching the high schoolers, and teaching other women. Uh, and, and so we encourage that. We embrace that. This is not a, a male chauvinistic kind of a deal here, but I can guarantee you as being a, a, a Christian man for 23 years of my life, the home is a place where we get to practice learning how to be a godly leader of your home through through trial and error and successes, right? For those of us who are married, that's what it is. Marriage is just sanctification of men learning how to be godly men, and you don't go into it already being, you know, achieved as uh, achieved godly men. It's just, we're, I'm still learning. And for any of you men and women who know how hard it can be in the home to, to for a man to uphold his role and for a, a sister to uphold her role, it's difficult because of the world we live in that says, oh, if you submit to a man, oh, you're just subservient and beneath him. But if a woman has her eyes fixed on the Lord, it is worship to God to submit to her husband. It is worship for all of us to submit unto one another in the church. I am not, I am a shepherd dog. I am an under-shepherd. I am no one to be lifted up. Jesus Christ is. We submit unto one another. It's not like anybody here has ever asked me to pick something up and I said, nah, that's for the servants. <laughs> I tease. But our Lord washed feet. We'll do anything. But men are being emasculated in our society. It is, it is, that is a real pan pandemic. And there are Christian men in their homes who are afraid of their wives. I say that with a straight face. Now I tease and say, yeah, you know, the boss over here. And she is, to some extent. <laughs> but in reality, when we get to a T in the road, and the Lord is saying, Ryan, I want you to take the family this way. And my wife says, I feel like we should do this. At that point, she's called to submit to me. She's called to submit to me. Because God created us, you know, and has given us gifts. The Lord refers to the wives as the, the weaker vessel. Not me, the word. And husbands have 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 so many of us have dropped our, our roles to the ground and our responsibility. The Bible says to love them as Christ loves the church and wash their minds with the word of God. It's like, 
you know, to be honest, like when was the last time like us men, all of us men in this room really who are married, washed our wives with the word of God? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we do that. But the call is to do it more regularly so that things are in order. I, uh, I'll never forget, but when in Genesis, when the Lord tells Eve because she ate of the fruit, part of the, her curse, he said to her, your desire will be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. And that word desire is shukwa in Hebrew, which means to control. And so what he was saying is, Eve, as part of the curse, as part of her flesh, and every woman's flesh since then, you're going to have this great desire in your flesh to control your husband. But he's going to rule over you. In the same way, the husband in his flesh, will have a tendency or an unhealthy desire to iron fist and lord over his wife. And that's wrong too. That's wrong. But in the spirit, our Christian wives can be cool. <laughs> in the spirit, if they're in the word and in prayer, they can be cool and, and be submissive. And the husbands, if they're in the spirit, in the word, and in prayer, can be cool and not lord over them, but to serve them, to love them as Christ loved the church. But we know that in our flesh, there's nothing good that dwells. And our flesh is trying to um, take control of our minds. And so, anyways, all that on Phoebe, I guess. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. My fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Oh, we know Priscilla and Aquila were wonderful saints who were from Rome, Jews who were dispersed uh, uh, because of Caesar kicking out all the Jews out of Rome and how they went and met with uh, Paul during his second uh, missionary journey. And they famously uh, ministered to Apollos and showed him, instructed him, both both uh, Aquila and Priscilla. They both uh, instructed him better in the word of God. And so they're wonderful, a wonderful, famous couple that we'll see in heaven one day. But they risked their life. They risked their neck for Paul the apostle. We don't know how, but they did. And he says, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. And we know that house churches are awesome. We, that's how the churches in China are. They're house churches. And, and they can't be too big because it'll, uh, you know, the government will take notice and shut them down and arrest them and throw them in jail. So house churches are a blessing. From the book of Acts to this day, this church began in our house. Clarissa and I, I don't know how many years ago, Probably like 20. No, how long have we been in this area? 19 years. So her and I went knocking on doors like a couple of crazy people <laughs> and said, hey, we're going to have a Bible study. Would you like to come? Put little flyers on the doors here in, in, in Sundance, here in Beaumont. And uh, 
only our neighbor across the street, Bobby, came for the first time. So it was the three of us. And then Darlene, who's here to, to, today, she saw the sign in our front yard and came another day. So there was like nobody there. House churches. And it grew to be about 20, 30 people. And we did that for probably four years before we finally did our, our first Sunday. And this Easter will be 14 years doing Sunday services. But before that, another four years of, of the house church. So house churches are awesome. Greet my beloved, Apenetus, uh, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. And that, that there again is to toil. Really, Mary toiled hard for the Lord. Uh, greet uh, Andronicus and Junia, who are my countrymen and my fellow prisoners. So they did time for the Lord. They were arrested for their faith in Christ, as was Paul, of course, who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. And so they were Christians before Paul. The apostles knew them. They were of note to them. Uh, greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet uh, 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 Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Zacchaeus. Uh, my beloved, greet uh, Apelles, uh, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet uh, Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet uh, uh, Triphenia uh, and Triphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved uh, uh, Persis, who labored much. In the Lord, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet uh, Syncritus, uh, uh, Phlegon, uh, Hermas, uh, Petrobas, Herms. Couldn't it just be like Mike, John, Robert, (laughs) (laughs) brethren who are with them? Greet uh, Philologus and (laughs) Julia, uh, Nerus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with the holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Greet one another with the holy kiss. Isn't that amazing? That's the kind of love that we ought to be having for each other. Um, but unless you're sick, don't kiss me. I think someone said that to me this morning. All right. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. And avoid them. For those who are, uh, are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Um, and, and so, uh, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And so here is a really good word that, uh, it, it still stands today that God would would want us to uh, mark those uh, who cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine that we have learned and to avoid them. Mark them and avoid them. And that's a real difficult thing for people to do. What do you do when someone is divisive in the church body? One who goes about to uh, bring discord amongst the brethren. Do you know that God challenges our 
faithfulness and loyalty to his word, whether or not we are willing to to separate, to mark and avoid a brother or a sister causing division, whether we're willing to do that, even though it may cause discomfort and awkwardness and weirdness because of the separation. God challenges Christians. I've seen it time and again because not everybody stays the course. Not everybody is really fearing the word of God within the churches. Paul would refer to them as false brethren, brethren who cause division according to scripture, who talk bad about dignitaries and, 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 uh, and authority within the church who don't honor the word of God within the church, the authority of the church. It happens. Remember these verses. That ever happens. And you, you, you realize that someone is, is, is causing division. Someone is, 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 is going a different way doctrinally and trying to hurt the bride of Christ. Remember these verses because it's a challenge from the Lord, whether we will love him and the truth of his doctrine enough to mark and avoid those who cause divisions contrary to the word of God. That's a lot to say for a church. Is it not? It's a lot to say. My goodness, we thought we just came to church to to sing songs and, and, and feel better and and what's all this talk about a divisive person to mark them and avoid them? Well, that's what God is saying here. And he's saying to the church that they're mature enough that their obedience is known. They're handling their business. We want to be a church that honors God when there's a, a divisive person. And the Bible says after the first or second admonition, if they do not repent, you know, let them go. And just keep praying for them, but don't allow them back in until they repent. And that's biblical. And, you know, we've had the pleasure, not so pleasurable opportunities to have to do that more than once. But luckily, they're not frequent. They're few and far between. And they are painful because we love people. We don't want people to be out of our church or, or to, for us. We, it just, it hurts. But nevertheless, even though it hurts, it's part of our growth. Just like our children, whenever they get out of line, I'm sure you parents love, and, love them enough to correct them. And the Lord, like he told Peter, whatever you bind on earth will be bound on earth, and whatever you bind in heaven will be bound in heaven. You know what I mean? If someone sins, the Bible says rebuke them. And if they and if they repent, good. You fantastic. We move on and forget about it. But if they won't and they keep trying to cause division, mark them and avoid them. But how do we end on a positive note? And the God of peace, verse twenty will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessings. We ask that 
your word would take great root in our hearts and bear much fruit. Help us, Lord, to abide in Jesus Christ every day of our lives so that we indeed bear much fruit for you, Father, lasting fruit. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who wants to get right with God and you know that you've sinned against him and you haven't been living right, but this morning God has touched your heart and you want to repent, I ask you to raise your hand with me and I can lead you in a prayer to ask God to forgive you of all your sins, all your wrongdoings, for him to come into your heart, give you his Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.